0: Something's going on in our culture. A new generation is gender confused. They're anxious, isolated, and looking for acceptance, searching for identity. And some are turning to the transgender movement to find it. While some celebrate the movement, others are concerned that gender-affirming care causes irreversible damage. The trans phenomenon reminds us that we're all searching for an identity, but we will never know who we are until we know whose we are. That's why Jesus came. He came to transform us so we can find our true identity in Him. Welcome back, Church, to Post-Sermon Reflections Podcast. Uh, you are definitely catching us not at the normal time that we drop an episode. I was in Ecuador, and I realized that the sound equipment that I needed in Ecuador to record this podcast just not going to happen. TSA, none of those things. Um, so we're just so grateful um, for your patience. Um, I am with Pastor Brennan right now. We're going to have our final conversation about— The Transformed series and how God has been moving in our hearts and in the hearts of our church, Um, we're encouraged to have a a pastoral discussion to say, hey, we've heard all of these heartbreaking and challenging and convicting things. And now we want to know, oh, Jesus, like you're convicting me to live differently because what I'm seeing in the culture, because what I'm seeing in the culture also lives in me. Um, I'm not separate from this. Uh, just because I may not struggle with gender dysphoria doesn't mean that God doesn't have things to say about how I've placed my identity and other things. Um, and so, Pastor Brennan, I know that you're probably taking a deep breath after this sermon series. And so I'd love to hear, what are some of your biggest takeaways um, after this this sermon series finishing?
1: Well, Ruth, welcome back from Ecuador.
0: Thank you. We're glad
1: that you're, uh, you're back, and it's a privilege to be on the post-sermon podcast. Um,
0: First time for him.
1: Yeah, first timer. I listen all the time, but first time to be on here. Um, I think just in hindsight, as I'm processing and it was sort of like a blur, these last four weeks were kind of a blur, um, but I think a few things, I guess. One was the transgender phenomenon and the cultural battles and um, the pressures that Christians were feeling. Going into my research and preparation for this series, it was very abstract. Mm. It was, um, it was just another thing for us to have to navigate, worry about our children, uh, yeah. see further decline in our culture, and you sort of, you look at it through the lens of of being a Christian, knowing that you know this is not our home, but we do have to live here for a while, yeah. and, and just and and that that worry and just. Um, you know, concern for the culture, uh, but I think really, as I began to read, as I began to hear the stories of uh, parents who are struggling with uh, children experiencing gender dysphoria, hearing the testimonies of uh, you know young people struggling with gender yeah. dysphoria, even people who are in their fifties and sixties and have been living yeah. a trans lifestyle for a long time, and, and hearing about their emotional and physical scars. Mm. I think just the first thing that hit me was just tremendous empathy, yeah, um, and just a a feeling of brokenness in my heart to see the brokenness um, Mm -hmm. that many people are experiencing, and um, so I think that was kind of the first thing. And we, you know, we talk about this isn't about politics or pronouns; it's about people, and that sounds great and neat and pretty, but it really is the truth. Yeah, Uh, and I think for for a lot of Christians it's easy to approach the transgender debate as like this us versus them. Um, you know, these people, you know, blah, blah, blah. But to really recognize, man, these are people who are made in the image of God who are suffering uniquely from the fallenness of the, of our world, uh, from, from sin. Um, and for us to really begin to engage and, and think, man, what does it look like for them to encounter the love of Jesus Christ. So I think that just that idea of brokenness um, and just a sadness, a compassion and empathy, uh, I'm really grateful for that. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, looking back in hindsight, um, I think that's one of the things that the Lord has done through the preparation is just really giving me uh, a heart for this unique brokenness um, yeah. and just really wanting to see people encounter the love of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's um, It's amazing to see that the desires that we have that get disordered, Um, because of the fall like there is a good solution to those desires and you talked in your last sermon about being a new creation of like there is a longingness in all of us to be made right and we make ourselves right quote unquote in the wrong ways and we find disaster at the end of saying like i know that i'm not made to feel all of these things all these things at once and god is able to say like no i know uh you're in a broken world and like i have put you on a journey that you're going to be a new creation in me if you accept my forgiveness and you walk in my faithfulness. Um, for believers who have like been walking with Jesus but are really struggling feeling like, oh man, I don't feel like a new creation. Like I, I feel my brokenness so deeply. What's an encouragement that you have for them who are like, I feel like I have an achieved identity even in the midst of how I serve in the church. Like I'm serving so that people know I'm serving and they think that I'm awesome. Like I'm doing it from that yeah. that place. Like how would you encourage them?
1: Yeah. I think for all of us, I I think maybe one of the gifts of this sermon series is that we have language to help understand our own hearts, right? So the, the achieved identity piece, um, it is very clear, I think, from my perspective, that that's at the root of the the transgender phenomenon. There's this idea of I'm struggling in this area, but if I can craft this new identity, if I can embrace this new identity, live it out and have others see it and affirm it, then that will bring sort of contentment and joy. Um, But that really just shows us a paradigm of what we all do. We just have different disorders in our hearts, right? So um, I think for us to kind of grab hold of that language, that achieved identity versus a received identity. I think that's so important for us as believers because it helps us uh, learn to interpret our own hearts, right? And and see what's happening in in, in our own hearts. Um, So I think what hopefully this, this last sermon did from Colossians 3, uh, was Paul talking about this idea that we as Christians, uh, we need to remember who we are. We need mm-hmm. to remember the miracle that has happened called yeah. salvation. We need to remember that we've died to our old self. We've died to our achieved identities and we have been raised with Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit residing in us. We are new creatures. We are new creations in Jesus Christ. Um, we have received an identity in him. So when our own hearts are telling us that we're we're wicked, we're evil, we're condemned. Mm-hmm. When the world is telling us that we're not good enough, we're less than. We look to the cross and we remember the received identity we have in Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So I think that's really important. But I think really what Colossians three is doing is it's it's giving us sort of a strategy of how we can do that. That we have to. You um, always think of uh, Romans twelve uh, when Paul says that we need to renew our minds. Yeah. Like like we need to constantly be be renewing our minds, and we renew our minds and we recognize. And remind ourselves of the truth of the gospel, now all of a sudden we can see what we haven't been seeing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's so important. So I think the Colossians three piece is just encouraging us: hey, don't live the life you used to live because you're not the person you used to be. Yeah. Um and I think that's that's helpful for us moving forward. And then I think what we can do is we can look at, um, so for example, uh Paul tells us to to put to death these things in our lives. And he talks about sexual immorality and mm-hmm. impure thoughts and stuff, but he he closes with covetousness. And this was very profound for me in my sermon study uh, last week was actually reckoning with, well, what is covetousness? Okay, so it's this, this desire, this yearning for something that you do not have and you're desiring it, you're mm-hmm. coveting it more than you covet God. Yeah. Um, and it hit me, man, What what is it? what's at the root of a trans identity? Yeah. It's it's a heart of covetousness. Um, and then it was just so poignant to hear that story about that 18-year-old that young man who underwent the sex change operation. He was coveting a female identity. He was coveting female body parts that actually led to his literal death. I yeah. mean, he died in the pursuit of that achieved identity. Um, but we all spiritually
0: yeah.
1: are in danger of uh, some serious damage, right? When we are pursuing an achieved identity it can kill us spiritually mm-hmm. um and i think for us to be able to kind of recognize that and then allow the holy spirit to show us to reveal to us what are the things that we're looking for like it's very easy to say you know on sunday morning or to feel in your heart during the sermon oh yes my identity is in jesus christ um but then you go out and yeah. that's really not how we're living that's yeah. not how we're seeing ourselves yeah. um and i think for us to to just kind of reckon with that um so quick, embarrassing story. Love to hear it. Um, That's what
0: the podcast is for. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, just kind of reflecting on achieved identity and and what are the things that I'm looking for personally in yeah. my life when it comes to achieved identity, and um, is actually something that happened several months ago, but the Lord has really brought it to mind. I, for a long time, have really found a lot of value, a sense of self worth. Uh, part of my identity has been um, like being in good shape, mm-hmm. like, like physically being in good shape. Um, I was a runner in college. Um, so it's just always something that I've like, you know, I think in sometimes healthy ways, like take pride in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in just, you know, certain accomplishments, but there's a, an unhealthy level of identity that can be wrapped yeah. up in that. And, um, Ben and I were, were doing some kind of manual labor tasks around the church. And, uh, um, we were, like, I think it was probably carrying this ridiculously heavy table or whatever. And that we, we move just like,
0: <laughs> all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we were joking about, um, you know, it's tough and you're kind of getting out of breath or whatever. And uh, Ben was like, just joking. And he said something like, you know, it's hard to keep up with you and your six minute miles or something. And Ruth, can I tell you to my eternal embarrassment, I actually said to Ben, like, without even thinking about it, I was like, actually, it's five minute miles. I was like, I can't believe I said that out loud.
0: Oh, I do not like myself. (laughs) Oh, there it is. There it is. I do not like myself. I
1: was like, I can't believe I said that out loud. That's really embarrassing. Like, I can't believe that. I
0: can't believe I corrected someone on my faster time.
1: And I had to like, it just like sort of was lingering with me. And I was like, dude, like, why did you feel the need to say that? Like, what's up with that? And just beginning to think about how much... Stock I'm putting in, and and when I look at like how I feel about myself, that in a lot of ways it's like tied in this bizarre way. It's tethered to a, a certain time on a treadmill. Like how sick is yeah. that? You know what I mean? And, Your mini and,
0: marathon. And and
1: that yeah. was so that was just really sort of this eye opening yeah. experience that that the Lord was just showing me. Man, there's. There's some un- unhealthy stuff going on there yeah. with, with where you're getting your sense of worth, mm-hmm. where, you know, your your sense of identity. And um, Mark Hull and I have been talking about this. You know, Mark's going in for surgery yeah. tomorrow, and Mark's like this, like five foot six Wolverine of a human Down. being, right? Yeah. Um, he's like just so like a, strong, I feel like an absolute rock. And um, he jacked his shoulder up uh, so badly that he's going in for like a major surgery. He's going to be on the bench for three months. He's not going to be able to work for three months. And he was sharing with me just how much he's struggling with it, not the physical pain, but he's realizing how much his identity is tied to his capacity to work, is tied to his just physical strength and his resilience. And, um, and I was sharing my embarrassing story about the <laughs> correcting the mile times and whatever. And we both were just sort of like marveling at, um, how easy it is mm. to have your identity rooted to these things that have no eternal significance whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but that's just part of our, our nature as, as, uh, as sinners.
0: Mm, yeah, that's so good, I can, yeah, I can think of moments where I made much of myself in a situation where it was entirely unnecessary. Um, and we are conniving in the ways that we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk with my friends that I have this concept that there are things on the table and the things on the table you deal with, and there are things on the shelf. And the things on the shelf, you take time, you have to bring them from the shelf and put them on the table. And so when I think of this conversation of our achieved identity, there are things probably that you know are on the table. They're like, oh yeah, like these are the big areas. But like, I'd encourage all listeners, like take some time with the Lord and sit before him and say like, are there things that I love more than you? And are there forms of affirmation that I care more about than what you say about me? Like at the end of the day, like does that add a boy? mean far more to me mm-hmm. than his attaboy unto me that is comes through Christ. Right. Like, am I unwilling to accept Jesus' attaboy? Because that's that's who we get. We get his attaboy. It's not our attaboy. It's his attaboy. We get to receive that place at the table because Christ wanted for us. But ultimately, do I care what my boss says more? Do I care what my wife says more? Do I care if my kids are responsive to me more? Like, what are the things that, like, makes our heart sore yeah. that's not him? Yeah, And I think, like, when we have that conversation and we, like, get before the Lord bare and we say, you can you can talk about it all. Yep. Like, I'm willing to let you yep. poke in all those sore places. Yep. Then, like, that's where healing gets to start happening mm-hmm. because he's then able to speak truth and say, like, I've actually won the victory. Like, you're a victor already. Like, you do not have to function from a place of insecurity because all your security is in me. Mm-hmm. But the transforming is that we have to then trust every day yes. and to wake up and say, I trust what you say about me. I trust that, like, I'm not enough, but you're enough for me, so Mm -hmm. then I get to be enough. Right. Um, And I think, like, that's the liberation that, like, our culture can't speak to. Mm -hmm. They can't speak to the liberation that says, like, When I'm having anxiety attack, I can reach out to the Lord and just proclaim that I trust him. And it's not that I'm going to feel better immediately, but it's a proclamation of truth that I can hold on to as I wait out the pain and say like, oh, like this moment right now, like it's, it's nothing compared to eternity. And so like, it could be really bad right now. And I can trust that like, it's going to end one day. Yeah. One day I'm gonna to get to stand before Jesus and give him a hug and praise him with all the saints saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And like that's something worth waiting for. Yeah. Um, and so you talked a little bit that you're convicted of like, oh man, there's are some areas that like I haven't achieved identity, whether it's being physically fit or saying, like, oh, I just like I find my strength from being strong. Yeah. Were there any other things from this sermon series that you felt really convicted of? Um you previously mentioned like just God growing your heart for compassion. We would just love to hear a little bit inside the mind of 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 you as you're navigating through this topic.
1: Yeah, I think in regards so certainly, you know, exposing areas of identity and just having to to recognize hey, like the days coming when I'm not going to be able to run. Yeah. The days coming when I'm Hoping
0: it's far away. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hopefully. Um but the you know, the days coming when um, you know, I'm not going to have my six kids under a roof. Mm. Um, and so my, the part of my identity that, that is in, even in a healthy way
0: yeah. rooted and,
1: and tied in that, um, you know, those days are going to come to an end. Uh, so all of our achieved identities, um, no matter how healthy or unhealthy they are, they can be here one minute and gone the next. Um, and that's the, the reality of, um, just our, our finitude as human beings, right? So all those achieved identities here, one minute can be gone the next. Um, I think when it comes to even just like zooming the lens back with this sermon series, it just reminded me so much that there are so many people who need to be connected to the love of Jesus Christ. The stories that I'm hearing uh, through this series, as I'm talking to people in the lobby, uh, even before uh, Laura spoke um, last Saturday evening, as people are coming in, I'm just hearing little bits of people's stories, the, the brokenness of parents struggling with kids uh, who are, are hurting and, and and looking to a trans identity, um, and even interacting with, with some people who um, have, are either embracing currently or uh, are, are walking away, turning away from a trans identity, detransitioning. Um, but there was uh, just this this moment. I was at CVS with my daughter, and um, we were just, you know, grabbing some Tylenol or whatever, and we're checking out. And the the person checking us out was a uh, was a trans woman, so a biological young man who's um, presenting as as a woman. Mm-hmm. And here it was i mean we're in the we're like in the heart of the of the transform series and and here i am just standing across the counter uh from this young man who's just pursuing this achieved identity and and hoping that in but you know somehow this makeup and the longer hair and um having some type of breasts like that this is going to bring a sense of stability this is going to bring a sense of peace that that this 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 trouble this this anxiety that he's been wrestling with is going to go away yeah. in that moment there was just this sadness a, a brokenness um and just like looking him in the eye and just it, it was so poignant for me and um so i'm like now i can't i can't get this guy off my my mind i i'm i'm praying for him yeah i'm thinking of him i come over to church I'm looking for one of our invitation cards for the sermon series. I'm like scouring the whole building because now we're moving to the end of the sermon series. I can't find one. Finally, I find one. And can I tell you two times that week I swung back by the CVS walking in, just looking for this guy, wanted to just invite him to come to church, uh, tell him that that Jesus loves him. Yeah. Um, and it was a sweet moment for me. I never did see him again. I was yeah. back twice after that and I didn't see him, but it was this sweet moment of like, this isn't abstract. Yeah. Um, there there are human beings made in the image of God who are hurting in unique ways. And and I, as a follower of Jesus, he wants to use me yeah. to connect them to the love of Jesus. So um I was disappointed in not, you know, yeah. finding him when I came back to CVS a few times after that. But there was a sweetness in obeying that yeah. burden on my heart yeah. of, of going back and, and, and looking. Uh, and wanting him to know just how much Jesus loves him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when we understand our liberation, like we can't keep it. We can't keep it to ourselves. Yeah, I like him so grateful that like the love that I receive from Christ that like I don't get less love because I invite someone else into that like it's not a scarcity of like right when you're a sibling of multiple siblings sometimes you feel like I get less love because there's more people for them to love but like that's not how love works like there's an aboundingness to love of like I can be fully loved by God and invite someone to be fully loved by God knowing that he's got enough love to give Amen. and like there's this joy that says like Man, I want the prisoner to experience the chains falling mm-hmm. and them to want to walk out of the prison door. Because, like, at the other end of the prison door is, like, arms waiting to receive them, a new identity, a new robe, a ring on their finger, and, like, a crown that they get to give to Jesus in heaven. Yeah. Like, that, there is, like, such joy yeah. awaiting them. And, like, while I was in Ecuador, I felt very convicted of, man, there are, like, comforts that keep me from, like, sharing the good news. And, like, I want those comforts of, like, only wanted to hang out with my friends or only wanted to do these things. I want them to be removed so that, like, there's a hunger that says, like, they don't know yet. Like, my neighbor doesn't know. Like, my neighbor doesn't know know who Christ is. And, like, that's a shame. Yeah. And, like, it's a shame because, like, I've been given the good news because someone went after me. And, like, how dare I not? Like, how dare I not, like, pick up, like, pick up my cloak and get out the door and say, like, all right, like, there are people in my town that don't know who Jesus is. Like, there are people struggling with gender dysphoria who, like, don't know that they were made to worship Jesus. And, like, they're worshiping something else and they're finding it to be a mean mistress who doesn't pay. Yeah. And, like, Jesus is ultimately the fulfillment of our hearts. Yeah. Um, and so I be like this, similar to what you're being convicted of, of, like, man, I'm, like, seeing people and I'm feeling this draw to go out in ways that I wouldn't naturally always. Yeah. And to say, like, man, like, God is giving people to me to say, Go get out, get out the door, like get, get off your butt and go. And I think that like, if you are experiencing that conviction, like do not quiet it. Like he gives conviction and he wants us to walk in obedience and like in obedience, there's sweet joy. Yeah, There's sweet joy of trusting him and like I know your heart races as you go to the CVS every time and you're experiencing his nearness being like, I'm just following you, Papa. Like, I'm just coming after what you're doing. And yeah. like, there's a sweetness to be like a child and say, he's told me to. And so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um. And like, I want that sweetness for all believers who exist in our church and who don't yeah. and say like, oh man, like it is sweet to obey Jesus. Yeah. And it is sweet to say yes to where he's asking me to say yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um. So I don't, Ever go to the movies. So, crazy. My only chance of watching something is once it comes out, it's like released, right? So, I'm on the treadmill the other day looking for something to watch, and on Netflix, uh, the Jesus Revolution pops up. Yeah. It's like, oh, I heard about that. I heard it was good. Like, uh, I'll give it a shot. So, I'm, I'm watching the movie. Have you, have you seen it, Ruth?
0: I've not, but if I can tell you the extensive details in which my parents have talked to me about it, i Okay. It feels so, you, as if you've I've seen, seen it.
1: the movie. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> It was just so interesting because I feel like where we are right now, 2023, it's like from a Christian perspective, the people, the the transgender movement and they're, you know, they're so opposed to the church and they're so opposed to Christianity and it's like the world's coming to an end and and we feel like – and. But watching the movie, it was just, it was helpful to see it through the eyes of, of a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, Chuck Smith with Calvary Chapel yeah. and and his church is empty. There's like, you know, 18 people on a Sunday and they're just so frustrated. And it's like, for them, it was the hippies. Like, it's like these, you know, LSD dropping hippies yeah. and their long hair and they're so far away from a Christian worldview. They can't be reached. They can't. And there was just this really cool parallel of thinking like, we're not the only ones who felt this way, right? We're not the only generation to see, uh, young people veering so far away from the truth of who God is and what he's done and looking for identity and contentment and things that they'll never find it in. Right. Uh, and we're watching, so I'm watching this movie on the treadmill and all of a sudden, um, we start, like, there's this moment where these hippies, they start coming to church and, Mm -hmm. I'm just like on the treadmill, Ruth, crying. <laughs> okay, so I'm watching this, and I'm just being reminded of the glory that there are people far from God in every generation, and God has the power to draw them to Himself. And there is just such a sweet joy in 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 reflecting on that, and mm. thinking on that, and being reminded that not in an arrogant way, but like we have the Bible, we have the Word of God. That means we have all the answers. Yeah. Jesus is the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we're offering is ultimate truth. And I think we have to remind ourselves of that because we we think like, oh, we got to go and like win the debate, win the argument. And ultimately there are hungry people who are turning to the wrong things to satisfy their souls. And they're totally dissatisfied in the things of the world. Uh, and we need to not be afraid of welcoming them into our church, welcoming them into our lives, uh, into our families so we can connect them to the love of Jesus Christ. And, Mm. um, so it was just, it was just God's timing. in that was really awesome. Um, and just being reminded, um, that, that we have the truth. Jesus has won. He has eternal victory and we get to share that, that truth and that victory with others.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that truth should move us to compassion and relationship. Yeah. Like sometimes it moves us to say like, oh, man, I just want to hear someone else rah-rah with me. I just want them to be like excited about the things I'm excited about. And I'm like, oh, man, no. I want to see new excitement for someone for the first time who realized they can be forgiven. Yeah. Because like there's nothing more liberating than the first taste of forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, and
1: for us to take some risks, right? Like, yeah. like we think there's certain people, like, oh man, I, I could never. That would
0: be weird. Talk
1: to them. I could never start a conversation yeah. with them. Uh, and for us, just to say, man, like, let, let's take some risks. Yeah. Um. And it's just so exciting to see people in our church inviting people to this yeah. sermon series, taking risks in inviting people to come yeah. to the sermon series, and it just, man, it makes makes my heart sing to yeah. see
0: that. Yeah. There's um. This is one quick story. There was a a woman named Paula who was in Ecuador, who um, also feels like she's Paul the Apostle, just like Paulo the Apostle. She just was, like, really going hard after Christ and going into towns and just, like, walking door to door and introducing herself so that, like, we could go into these towns and then, like, get to proclaim the gospel. So, like, she's breaking up the ground so that, like, she can share the truth, but then, like, others can come share the truth. And she, they said that she's so hard to work with because she can't be stopped. Like if she doesn't have gas in her car she just walks to the towns. And you're like she's unstoppable. And like how stoppable am I? I'm so stoppable. Like one awkward conversation I'm like all right, not doing that again. Like that was that was a lot for me. And I was just so encouraging to say like Jesus, you give that kind of courage. Like to say like oh man, like I want to go to the next person even if I have an awkward conversation. Even if it like goes weird and goes south. Like I can trust that like I can walk with you knowing that your heart is that all should receive repentance that I'm going to go tell the all because like you're going to be the one that draws and it's your job to draw and to open. I'm just going to do my part because you do the big heavy lifting. You do the saving, you do the forgiving and you do the drawing. I'm just supposed to show up and say, Hey, I met this man, Jesus, and he really changed my life. I'd love to tell you about him. Yeah. And I think there's like such joy in like our position is like just the, the beggar saying, I found food. Come find some food with me. Yeah. Um, and there's just such sweetness in that. Um, well, Pastor, it's been such a joy um, getting to have this conversation with you. I would love just for you to pray and close this out um, for our listeners.
1: Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness, your grace. I thank you for this ministry, the podcast, Lord, and just for how it's helping us to do some second level thinking and just really reflect and um, digest the sermon and, and the content a little bit more. But uh, Lord, we, we do ask that you would use us. Um, we're reminded that your gospel cannot be stopped. That your your grace is irresistible, Lord. When you call someone to yourself, um, they will come. Uh, and what's so exciting is you 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 allow us to be a part of that calling, Lord. And we're so grateful, Lord. We do pray um, that you will help us. Uh, you will mobilize us. You will encourage us, Lord, to share this incredible gift that we have in Jesus Christ. And Lord, would you help us uh, to just recognize the different achieved identities that we're we're clinging to, Lord and um, we see sort of the, the the dramatic and sensational transgender identity, Lord. But would you help us as we are reflecting on it to see how it exposes our own achieved identities, mm-hmm. Lord, and uh, help us to just rest in our received identity that we have in your son. Amen. And we thank you, Jesus, that um, you have achieved everything and, and you just invite us to receive what you have already achieved on our behalf. And we're mm-hmm. so grateful for that. Uh, Lord, I do pray um, for anyone struggling with gender dysphoria or anyone who's in a, uh, a transgender lifestyle, Lord, would you just draw them um, and would you help them to, to see the emptiness in it and that ultimately, Lord, they find uh, fulfillment and contentment and satisfaction, Lord, uh, by knowing you. Uh, mm-hmm. So we pray that you would draw them, Lord, and um, may we have some just some incredible stories to, to, to share and to yes, hear Lord. and behold, Lord, about what you have done. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, listeners, we're so grateful uh, for you and your time. Um, and if you have any stories of conversations you're having, please encourage the church. Um, we are emboldened when we see people living faithful lives for Jesus. And so I know I'd personally love to hear it. I know Pastor Brenwood would personally love to hear it. And so I hope that our church is forever changed and that we are testifying of God's goodness as we are taking risks for him to tell others who don't know who he Amen. is. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you.